Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Panel time here on SENZ at 10.24. Nikki Styrus uh, is joining us this morning, as is Mark Ginty. Um, and Nikki Storis, I'm going to start with you because I know you are a Warriors fan. So uh, the way they finished the season at the weekend uh, with that appalling display on the field and the incidents around it, necessitating Cameron George, the CEO, and uh, I think Nathan Brown really having to apologise on their behalf, that is not the memory you wanted of this season, surely? Oh, Smithy. <laughs> Where to start? Um, I just feel like it's sort of Groundhog Day with the Warriors. Year after year, season after season, it's, it's you know, this is going to be our year. We've got this wonderful roster. And it just seems to always end the same way in disappointment. And, and I think that was just a really um, sad and unfortunate way to end a season. It's obviously, you know, had its challenges. But, um, you know, I, I think they just didn't show... Um, a tough spirit that you you want to see from your team, and I think it was great that, that Cameron George came out and front footed that because it was embarrassing. But um, I I can't help but think there is one you know one two two things missing from this Warriors outfit, and one of them is leadership. They don't have a leader. They don't have somebody who can take control in those clutch moments when they're under pressure it's been shown time and time again that they just cannot deal with pressure and if they had someone leading them who could do that then or and, and not just one leader probably more than one leader they had it when Roger was there but obviously Roger can't do it by himself they needed somebody in the forwards to really step up they haven't had that person since Steve Price was around and I think until they find that leader uh, things will not change and I think um, actually I was talking to Scott about this this morning and he made a really good point. He said, you know, they are mentally fragile and that has been shown time and time again when they get down to those uh, really important moments where it can go one of two ways. They can either be on the winning side or the losing side and they've shown they just can't deal with that pressure. And what he said was what you need to be able to do, and I guess coming from the days of cricket, Smithy, you'll know this, is that you have to be able to identify when you're under pressure and then you have to actually accept that you're under pressure. And then you actually have to embrace the pressure. And the problem is that there's no one in that team that seems to be able to or want to embrace that pressure. And so it just comes crumbling down. And, you know, when you can sit there and watch a whole half and see them leading by 15, 20 points and then turn around and capitulate in the second half and lose the way they do, you know they don't deal with pressure. 
Well, there's a couple of things that, uh, I find very interesting there, and quite astounding, actually. You you actually got a, a sensible comment out of Scott Styrus, and the fact that you're still talking to him. <laughs> they, they were two interesting, <laughs> two amazing revelations there. <laughs> and Mark Genty, he's a man that knows Scott Styrus. Mark Genty, of course, uh, from Stuff. Um, Mark, when you get... Uh, when you get, uh, uh, you know, Cameron George, I think, does a pretty good job. Um, and it's not easy, particularly running a team f- away from home like it has. Um, but having to come out really forced into the issue because I think of the point that Nicky's making, there's no actual player leadership there, uh, an apology. I-, I can't imagine too much, um, uh, too many All Black or rugby coaches being put in that situation. Uh, good morning, uh, Smithy and Nicky. Yeah, Nicky summed it up. Very well. I can't. Not a lot to add there, and, and obviously having to apologise for a, a few blips on the field, which kind of skyrocketed um, the issues that the Warriors have. Um, I guess obviously recruitment's going to be another, and whether they retain some of these troublesome, um, shall we say, players for next year. Um, that, that's going to be the next next uh, issue. I mean, it's, it's all well and good to lose your call on the field and get involved in a scuffle. I mean, I think you could probably excuse that, but it's kind of a pattern of behaviour from a couple of these guys, particularly Kane Evans and. Um, and uh, Matt Lodge, who, who shall we say, both have form. So, um, yeah, pretty pretty ignominious end to the season. I mean, I I didn't watch follow the Warriors nearly as closely as, as some, um, but I, I really enjoyed watching Reese Walsh. He, he's been a you know he's been a revelation, but um, you know he can't do it all on his own. And there's been obviously a lack of leadership, as pointed out. And um, I don't know where they're going to find that from. Uh, you know, you can recruit guys who, who are tough forwards but have a bit of baggage like the, the aforementioned characters, but um, where are they going to find a, a person who really takes the ball by the horns without two of us a sheep there? So that's that's their big issue, and I'm not sure what the answer is, really. Mark, I, I was um, really expecting doom and gloom from this uh, tour of Bangladesh, particularly after the first game, uh, when New Zealand were humbled there very, very quickly, but... Man, and they've turned it around. I was just talking to Craig McMillan about the, the fact that they're quite quick learners, this Black Cap side. You've been around them uh, quite a long time, and that is a turnaround, a quick turnaround I already did not see coming. No, I didn't either. And that, quick learners is, um, yeah, that, that should give everyone, and particularly the coaching staff and people who follow the Black Caps, the most satisfaction out of this performance is watching the opening overs of that of game one on a pretty average pitch. The pitches did, did improve for games two and three, but it didn't look like you know the the, the Black Caps knew it was their first game of, of after a break. It looked like they knew where the next run was coming from, and it was 5-0 all over, basically. And then um, in game two, they adjusted their game, particularly their batting. Um, having Tom Latham there was a, a really important Additional important appointment as captain, and and they they yeah they adapted their game to the conditions. They played proper cricket shots. They didn't didn't hit out recklessly as we saw from the, from the indeed the Bangladeshis in that previous game. So um, they they tailored their game for the conditions. The, the spin attack, the second string spin attack, were were magnificent and helpful conditions. And yeah, they they turned it round incredibly, really. Given what an Australian team, I think they, they went in the opposite direction. In the recent series, they they kind of got worse. Um, whereas the, you know the Black Caps are on a, a bit of a roll, and you know it's going to be pretty hard to string two together. But on their last two performances, they're, they're right in this. And and Bangladesh it was pretty poor from them as well. You could say in the previous game, though, their batting particularly, they were they, they were taking a lesson from dare I say their visitors who who played to their played to their limitations on the in the conditions they were offered. One thirty was a was a winning score, which you don't see very often in twenty twenty cricket and and they, they followed through. So 
no, it's been, it's, I won't say it's been good viewing because the conditions are pretty trying, but just to watch them actually guts it out in a second string side and against a team that very hard to beat at home, it's been, um, been hugely encouraging, really. Mark Genty with us and Nicky Storis. I'm going to ask if they can possibly give us a, a few more minutes of their time. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Nikki Styrus from News Hub, Mark Genty from Stuff are our panellists this morning. Uh, Nikki, uh, another red card at Perth, another Barrett sent off. Um, your reaction to that in particular, should he be further sanctioned, Geordie Barrett? Uh, are, and we also in rugby, like football now, running the risk of players milking penalties in these scenarios because if they do that, of course, obviously it influences the on-field officials. Uh, yeah, well, I have to be honest, first of all, I had to watch a lot of the uh, All Blacks game um, afterwards on replay because I was actually on air when they decided to play it at the stupid time at 6 o'clock, um, so I missed a lot of it, but um, going back and watching that, um, you know, a couple of things spring to mind, and this has been bought, brought out by the All Blacks camp themselves, that there's certainly good mitigating factors to, to suggest that um, he shouldn't be further sanctioned. I mean, you can understand why it was, because a red card, I mean, what he did was a red card offence. However, any further than that, I, I don't think would be fair. I mean, he's got a pretty clean record. Well, in fact, he has a clean record. And, you know, um, Corin Betty wasn't actually injured in the incident. Um, and if you, if, I know it's all very well to watch things on slow-mo, but if you do watch it down, he, you know, was, his eyes were on the ball. He was going, he, he, he was a little bit, off, you know, off balance. He raised his foot. Yes, it did make contact, but also Corin Betty landed in the space that, um, you know, was Jordan's space as well. So you can sit there and say, well, you know, there was no intent there. Um, he's a clean player, so so no, there shouldn't be any further sanctions. As to your other point, um, well, you'd hope not, Smithy, um, but it does get a bit like that, doesn't it, when um, they start bringing in these rules and, and then people start thinking, well, how can we milk this so that it benefits our team? And, and you do see it a lot. You see it a lot in rugby league. You see it a lot in football all the time, particularly football with the Hollywoods, which just drives me nuts. So I hope we don't see it in rugby, but... Um, yeah, we're going to have to sort of tighten up on some of these rules, I think, to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah, the irony, Mark, for me is that uh, Corin Betty, of course, was on the receiving end of, of a milking situation, really, uh, when he was red-carded against France. And all of a sudden, um, I'm not saying he, he did it on purpose, uh, I'm just saying it, it looked as if the reaction uh, sort of superseded the level of uh, any possible injury. And... and you know, rugby has played uh, amongst a lot of countries around the world who have histories in their countries of making the most of bad situations, shall we say. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought of, actually, when Corabetti was involved. It was, yeah, it was eerie, um, well, not similarities, but yeah, he, he was in the thick of it last time too. But I mean, from your previous question, I, I think the red card was a, a fair uh, sanction because it was... It was a very strange situation. We, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before, where a catcher of a ball, you might bring your knees up and might be slightly off balance, but to raise your boot above you know, your shoulder height it was, um, was very odd to me. I don't quite know. I'm not suggesting there was any intent there, but it was, it was reckless. And regardless of where Corabetti was, he did cop a boot to the face, and that you, know, you, touch, you, you, you make contact with someone's head in a, in a tackle or a situation like that, you're, 
they're in deep trouble. I don't think there should be any further sanctions, having said that, but it was just a very curious incident. Um, may have been milked slightly, and the fact he wasn't injured was, you know, there were no cuts or there was nothing going on. So that's, that, that is a, a mitigating factor as well in terms of looking at a suspension or whatever moving forward. So, um, yeah, odd situation, but the refs are, are, are told to act on any contact with the head. That, that previous tackle you talked about with Corabetti, that was a red card offence too in my book. Going by the rules, he, he made contact with, with the, the French forward's head, even if he did milk it appallingly afterwards. So uh, they're bound by the rules, the referees, that's all they can do, but it, it's what happens afterwards when the heat of the moment's died down and, and a panel can have a have a you know a, a, a more detailed look um, from an objective perspective and, and find out what's gone on. But um, I think a red card, and also like the 20 minutes um, replacement rule as well, because that, that, that makes it a lot, mm. a lot fairer and perhaps doesn't affect the, the game as much as it would have. So that, uh, look, I think Eric's got had a wake-up call. He, he, he's been red-carded. I don't think it should be going, going any further. And um, we'll, we'll see what happens from here. But, um, yeah, interesting, curious incident all round, but um, hopefully no, no further punishment. And uh, against um, uh, Ma- uh, Shane Warne this morning saying that uh, India now, having watched that test last night, are quite clearly the best test nation in the world. Is that just Shane Warne? Winding us up again. I really hoped you'd raise this, Smithy, because I was—I wanted to get your wanted to get your thoughts on it as well, because you you know Shane Warne pretty well, and he uh, I think he rated you and, and his top ten commentators of all time as well. So he's, he respects you too. So I'd, you know, I'd be interested to hear you weighing in on it. But um, yeah, for what it's worth, it was um, yeah, shall we say, trolling New Zealand uh, fans pretty well there, and a lot of them I see have emerged and um, given it back to Warne, including Ryan Fox, who's just reminded of a result in a certain game in Southampton a few weeks ago. So, yeah, um, look, New Zealand are the world, number one ranked team in the world at the moment. They've beaten India in their last three test matches, albeit not in India. So, um, saying India are clearly the best team in the world. It's sort of shades of not quite as extreme, but Tim Payne, when he, um, you know, when he predicted India would clearly win the, the final. That was, uh, I think, a, a bit of a dig and, and basically an underhanded way of saying we don't rate you guys that, that much. So, um, you know, the New Zealand team have beaten, done everything they can to be named the world's t- top-ranked test nation. Yes, three tests would have been great, but that's never going to happen in a, a neutral venue and a final of the World Test Championship with the schedule. So, yeah, um, uh, Shane Warne obviously uh, is quite fond of India and, and, you know, gets his, a lot of his employment in India as well. So... There's, there's a bit of that to it as well, but um, yeah, uh, it's certainly got a, got the reaction, possibly the desired reaction. But uh, I'm, yeah, I'm would, what, what uh, your thoughts are, Smith? Well, my thoughts are that he's very clever, Shane Warne. He's cleverer than a lot of people give him credit for. One, it pumps up India's tyres. Two, in a weird sort of way, it pumps up uh, England's tyres by saying, "Don't be surprised that India can beat you because they are by far the best cricket team in the world going round at the moment." And the other thing it does is it winds people up, and he always looks. For reaction, he did it on the field, and he he's carried it on to do it off the field. So, uh, in his in his respect, uh, it was quite a clever comment. Uh, Nikki, just a moral one for you to finish off. Uh, as a mum, uh, and a mum particularly of a really uh, active young lady who plays water polo, which is quite a physical sport. Um, there's talk of, there's talk about the fact that we um, uh, they might take heading of the soccer ball away from junior football because of the damage it could cause, particularly to a, a developing brain. Um, is that being a little bit overprotective, or um, do we have to be so conscious of that now in sports? I mean, you're involved in gymnastics and trampolining, of course, 
uh, where um, you know one slip or one mistake could actually be quite hurtful. Oh wow, that's a that's a really uh, big can of worms you've opened up here. <laughs> I think I think you you know from a from a crikey, I don't even know where to start. From a mother's perspective, you know you always want to protect your children. That's that's your job in life and. And I tell you what, water polo was one of those ones when I first started watching Emmy play. I spent most of my time yelling from the stand, stop drowning my daughter. Um, that's pretty much what they do in the pool. Um, the difference with that is that they, they come out, <laughs> well, you hope they come out alive. And if they do, they're not going to get any sort of long-lasting, you know, um, brain effects, which, yes, you can, obviously we've seen in NFL and we've seen in, in rugby and, and those two need to be uh, addressed and they are being addressed. Football heading? Oh, crikey. Um, but part of the game, and I think if it's cor- if it's taught correctly, then it shouldn't be an issue. But I guess when it's not done correctly, perhaps it is dangerous. So I'm not really an expert on that. And I, oh, crikey, I don't even have a, a view because I know whatever I say, someone will say, well, that's the wrong view. Um, you just have to, I guess, um, weigh everything up on its merits, and, and and the actual administrations have to look at their sports and go, what is dangerous, and you know, really, and how can we adjust the game for younger people so that you know they don't come come into risk. Um, rugby uh, is is one of those sports that I do get concerned about. I have a number of friends with uh, children that are now suffering from head injuries and. Uh, ongoing concussions and depression, and I, I, I have no doubt that some of that has come from their years playing rugby. Um, but that's something that the administration should definitely look at. But lucky, have I even touched the surface? Probably not. Sorry about that, Smithy. <laughs> no, that's okay, Nikki. No, you, I think you've got around it very nicely. Uh, thank you for your time this morning, and also to Mark Ginty from Stuff. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.